Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Radio Omniglots podcast. My name is Simon Eger, and in this episode I'm going to talk about talent, specifically talent for learning languages. Does such a thing exist? Do you have it? Do I have it? Does anybody have it? What is it? And if if it does exist and you don't have it, can you still learn the language anyway? So there's a lot of debate among people who are keen on languages, polyglots, language learners, academics and such like, about whether a talent for language actually exists. I'm actually not sure if there's much scientific debate on this topic. I haven't found many articles on it, in fact. But there's certainly a lot of um, discussion of it in amateur linguistic circles, shall we say at the polyglot events I go to and such like. So if talent exists, that means that some people are genetically, innately um, better at learning languages than others. And yeah, when people meet me and I say, oh, I speak five languages fluently and know another 10 um, reasonably well and have studied another 15 or so to a, a basic level, they think, oh wow, you must have a talent for languages. You must be a genius. And um, they don't think, oh, you've spent pretty much all your life learning languages. You've devoted yourself to this this passion, this hobby, this interest, which I have done. So it's the same with any kind of skill or ability. You know, if you see a really good musician or a sports person or an artist, and you think, wow, they must be really talented thinking you know they were they must have been born talented and developed that skill you don't realize how much time and effort they put into actually honing and practicing and training their skills and abilities so yeah if if talent exists then it may give an advantage to certain people who have certain kinds of skills and talent for language, for learning language, um, I think it does does possibly exist, and it's it's hard to tell really, because those people who are good at languages are really interested and spend a lot of time learning them and studying them and using them and practicing. Um, so, does it make a difference if they have a little advantage to begin with? I think possibly it does. Now, certain mental and possibly physical capacities may, may give you advantages when, when it comes to learning languages, particularly things like memory, the ability to um, spot patterns and work out how things work. It's very useful when you're learning a new language, when you're learning the grammar and learning how, how it all fits together. And maybe that's partly an inheritable trait the memory certainly is is something that can be trained and improved, but perhaps some people you know, are born with better memories than others. That certainly seems, from what what I've read when researching this this uh, episode, seems to be the case. You know, certain um, mental and physical attributes um, are partly genetic, partly innate, but they develop if they have, if you have the the right kind of environment. 
So I think many people have hidden talents. They they have not yet discovered what they're really good at, perhaps, or they haven't fully developed those skills. So you know, many people say they would like to learn an instrument or to be good at a particular sport or to be good at art or to learn a language or whatever, and you know, not everybody manages to do so successfully. Um, it does take a lot of time and effort and and dedication and stubbornness to do so. So, yes, if you have the initial talent, perhaps that gives you an extra boost because it makes it slightly easier for you to acquire those skills, whether it's learning a language or an instrument or um, becoming an artist or whatever. So that might might be a slight advantage. It doesn't mean if you don't have that advantage, you can't still acquire those skills. Everybody um, acquires their first language or languages if they grow up in a bilingual or multilingual environment. So in theory, they should be able to um, acquire other languages if they have the real need or desire to do so. So perhaps people like me, perhaps I have a slight advantage that I have certain skills and abilities that may be partly innate, partly developed over many years of language learning that help me to acquire new languages. And I don't know to what extent such skills are innate and such have, and some have been developed over the years. I think memory definitely improves if you do a lot of um, training to improve it. And that could be by learning languages, could be learning music, um, or any task that requires you to remember a lot of different information and to process it and to use it. So it's it's hard to tell, you know, to what extent it is innate and what extent it is a matter of training. But it, in, in, in an article I read today, talking about, particularly about um, athletical abilities, uh, People who are, are good at certain sports seem to have certain traits that help them with those sports. Physical traits, it may be you know, size, eyesight, memory, you know, different combinations of things that can help. And um, these need, all need to be developed through extensive training. But um, if you have the initial advantage of these innate abilities, then that's, that makes it more likely that you will become a top sports person or whatever. So, yeah, there, there's definitely something in the idea that there is a talent. Some people have this talent, but it's only a small part of developing um, a particular skill. So if, if you, you know, meet someone like me who says, you know, I speak a load of languages, and you think, well, I could never do that. I don't have a talent for languages. Now think again, because you probably could learn a language if you want to. It might take a little bit longer. You may need to use different methods. Now I tend to learn on my own, and um, I um, study every day. Maybe you you don't have time to do that. But um, you know, even in the busiest of lives, you can probably find you know ten minutes here, five minutes there, and do a bit of study. I mean, apps like Duolingo. Uh, very good for this. You can do a few lessons when you have time. You know, when you're taking a break, having a drink, or whatever you do. 
And at the moment, of course, I think many people will have a lot of extra time. And that's another thing I want to talk about. So if you are working from home or not working at all at the moment due to the current crisis, I am recording this on the 18th of April 2020 in the middle of a lockdown. I'm in the UK and we have been told that we should only go out if we need to buy food or medicine or for exercise and to keep that to a minimum and to keep our distance from other people. So many of us are finding we have a lot of extra time. I'm used to working at home. I normally do that anyway. But uh, my social life involves going out most evenings and going to various groups. I sing in choirs. I play in uh, musical groups. I go to concerts and other events. So all that's stopped. Well, that's not happening at the moment. But some of these activities have moved online. So, yeah. That's that's how things are going for me, and I I've been studying a little bit every day on Duolingo and various other apps every day for the past three years. Now I started doing this. Well, I've, I've I've dabbled before, but this is the the longest I've ever been studying every day. Before you know, I'd study for a while, then take a break, and then do a bit more, then take a longer break, and then eventually give up. But um, with apps that encourage you to study more every day, like Duolingo. It's, uh, I just got into the habit of it. So three years ago, I was in London visiting a friend, and before I went home, I decided to go for a bit of ice skating at Queensway Ice Rink. And um, I had a good skate, but after an hour and a half or so, I was getting a bit tired, and somehow I managed to fall over and break my ankle. And I was taken to the nearest hospital and had a temporary cast put on it and they said well we can't um, fix it properly here because you don't actually live in London so it wouldn't be ideal for you um, so it'd be best if you go back back home to Bangor and then I talked to my mum and she said well you come to Lancaster which is the nearest hospital to her and then that's what I did I went up up to Lancaster had an operation to fix my ankle had all sorts of bits of metal in, in, in put into it and they're still there and um spent a couple of weeks recuperating at my mum's house. So I had quite a lot of time on my hands. I couldn't do much. I was you know, carrying on working on Omni Glot as much as I could, but I couldn't go out for walks or do any of the normal activities I would do. So I decided to have a go at learning some languages on Duolingo. And I started, I think, with Swedish and then Russian and um, just got into the habit of learning a little bit every day and have learned other languages since then on Duolingo. And yesterday I got up to 1,000 days. That's my current streak. And with my previous 96-day streak, that means I have been studying every day for the past three years exactly. And I've studied quite a few different languages on Duolingo in that time. I've completed courses in Swedish, Russian, Danish, um, Czech, Esperanto, Spanish, and Romanian. Now, I wouldn't claim to speak any of those languages completely fluently. Some of them were completely new to me, Romanian and Danish, I hadn't studied before. But others, I, all the others I'd studied in varying degrees before, so I was kind of learning more of them rather than starting them from scratch. But, you know, by studying it a little bit every day, I have made a lot of progress and improved my knowledge of all these languages. And I can have conversations in Spanish and Esperanto and Swedish and possibly Danish, although I haven't really tried that. And certainly basic ones in Czech and Russian, although I've forgotten most of the Romanian I've learnt, I can understand it to a certain degree. 
So, yeah, that's that's become a habit for me. You know, no matter how busy I am, I can always find time to do a few lessons. So, if you'd always always wanted to learn a language, and you're thinking, well, now's a good time to do so, but you're not quite sure how to start. You know, what do you, where do you go? What do you do? Do you just, you know, download Duolingo and start working on that? Well, yeah, that's a good way to start. Or other other apps are available. Um, but um, you know, where where do you start? Now, I'd say if you're a complete beginner, easiest thing to start with is basic greetings. So in Spanish, hola. That's hello, hi, buenos dias, it's like good day, buenas tardes, it's good afternoon, good evening, and so on. And you can find all of these phrases, or Spanish, and over 300 other languages, on omniglot.com, which is a little website I run about languages. So you can get, get useful phrases like that on there, and some um, not quite so useful ones, perhaps, like my hovercraft is full of eels, which is surprisingly uh, useful in, in all sorts of different contexts. And if you want to learn languages that are no longer spoken, like ancient Greek or Latin or old Russian or even Phoenician, that's a new one that was added this week, you can find those on Omnigot as well. So, yeah, so that's where you can start. You can learn some basic phrases and then find a language course or a language app or tutorials on YouTube. There's so many different resources you can find for big languages like French and Spanish and German and Chinese and Japanese and such like. For smaller, lesser studied languages like uh, don't know, Latvian and Estonian and Maori and such like, there may not be so many courses available. You can find links on Omniglot, of course, to many of these resources. And if you actually want to learn to, to, to practice speaking a language, that can be a challenge if you're confined to your home, if you're in lockdown and you can't go out and actually talk to people. But yeah, again, the internet can help you there. There are many ways you can contact people online through social media, through language exchange websites, and um, you can use Skype and Zoom and all these tools to, to practice languages. There are services like italki where you can find tutors and you can do lessons online. And if none of that appeals, you'd prefer just to talk to yourself. Actually, talking to yourself is a good way to practice your languages. I mean, you can't be sure you're doing it right, but at least you're practicing using the languages. You can talk about what you're doing, what you're seeing. Try and think of all the words for the things around you, wherever you happen to be. If you're sitting at your desk, say, I'm sitting at my desk here, and there's all sorts of things around me. There's pens and keyboards and microphone and headphones, and there's a printer and speakers and all these things. And in languages I'm learning, I would probably have to look up quite a few of those words. There's some I, I would know without having to look them up, but some I would have to, to think. And it's to be able to describe these things, to describe what I'm seeing, the the shape and colour and size and how things are used. These are also, you know, good good ways to practice your languages. And yeah, when I go out shopping, I often think about what I want to buy. I might write a shopping list in the language I want to practice. And say, right, I'm going to go to the supermarket now and I'll buy these things. And of course, at the moment, you have to keep two metres apart from any other shoppers. So you could incorporate that into your, your commentary. And if you want to actually do it out aloud, you could pretend you're having a phone call and talking to your phone as you're going around. And maybe even record yourself. And if you want to check if you're doing it right, you know someone who can, who's willing to, to check 
you could record yourself, send off what you've recorded and say, you know, is, am I saying these things correctly? Can you help me say them in a better way or um, give me a criticism of my pronunciation and show me how to do it better? So, yeah, that's another way you can practice. So, yes, there are many ways you could um, use your time constructively. And maybe if you're at a more advanced level, you can get really creative and make interesting videos in the language, talking about things that interest you, um, telling stories, writing songs, writing poems, all sorts of things you can you can um, use to practice the language, to have fun with it, to play with it. And now I think it's time for another tune. This is a tune I wrote a couple of years ago called The Little Red Boat, Kochodbach Koch, and I wrote it on the Cavakinu. Little Red Boats, or Kuchod Bach Koch, played by me on the Kavakinu. Incidentally, the tune you hear at the beginning of each episode of this podcast is called The Hedge Cats, or Kathod It's another tune I wrote a while ago, as I decided to make the introductory tune to my podcast. And it's just a part of it. You can hear the whole lot if you go to the webpage for this podcast, which is at radio.omnilot.com. You can find notes on this and the other episodes. You can find information about the tunes and songs that feature in these episodes. You can find links to further information. You can leave your comments. And if you're feeling very generous, you may want to leave a little or even a large donation. You can do so via PayPal or Patreon, Patreon, or whatever, however you pronounce it. So, I think that will do for now. I hope you found this interesting. Maybe inspiring, maybe you will be inspired to learn a language or learn some more of a language. And I hope you manage to do so and you have some success in your endeavours. So wherever you are, I hope you're well and you're coping with the current crisis as best you can. So that's all for me. Thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>